Hi there, everybody. Ed asked me to chime in and let you know about me. My name is Dan, and I am weird. But I don't see weird as a bad thing. Weirdish means people marching to the beat of a different drum, not fitting into that hole that society wants to shove you into. On my show, The Power of Weird, I'm talking to people like me. The weirder, the better. So when you're done listening to this great episode of the Dead America Podcast, come on over to thepowerofweird.com and start the descent into your weirdom. And remember, be the weird you want to see in the world. I'll see you next time on The Power of Weird. Add us. Add us to your favorites. Add us to your favorites. Add us to your favorites. Are we on the air? Yes, you are. Good afternoon, wherever you may be around this wild, wacky, and sometimes disturbing world of ours. Yes, that's the intro to the Mindset Podcast, a weekly attempt to open eyes and shedding light on what's really going on in the world, all done by ripping apart the media madness that masquerades as news. Join me, Gareth Davis, every Sunday on the Mindset Podcast. You can find the show on all major podcasting services such as iTunes, Stitcher, and so on. Or you can go directly to the main Mindset website. That's www.mindsetcentral.com. Check out the Mindset Podcast. Bring your curiosity, your opinions, and a sense of humor. And remember that some worldviews are stranger than others. Welcome to the Dead America Podcast. It's time to learn something new right now. Let's listen in with your host, Ed Waters, as he learns new things and meets new people. Today we have a podcast rock star, Wynn Charles, with us. Wynn is the host of the Winning Cup Podcast. Wynn, could you please introduce yourself and let people know what you do and why you do it in a little bit of a sense? A little bit of a sense, Ed. Very nice intro. No, but my name is Wynn, and I have a physical disability called cerebral palsy. I actually have five disabilities, which we'll get into all under the membership of cerebral palsy. And so the reason why I created the uh, Winning Cup podcast is to educate the world about cerebral palsy and all disabilities and just bring global awareness to disabilities. Yeah, I love what you do. You are definitely on top of things and you do so much. Are you still working on your uh, journalism? I am, I am, I'm still working on my journalism degree, but I am taking a little bit of a hiatus from that. It's not because I don't love it and not because I don't want to pursue journalism. It's because I'm in the midst of a move. Ah, well, that's always a bummer right there when we have yes. to move. 
it, it jumbles life up, doesn't it, Lynn? Yeah, it does. So I found out through my research, CP actually is a umbrella term that actually it describes a group of disorders that affects a person's ability to move. Is that the basics of CP? Correct. Correct. It's um, CP is a lack of oxygen in I have moderate CP. I would have had mild, except I also have a dramatic brain injury on top of it. And so my brain decided to have another me freak out. But CP in general um, has a, is on umbrella term for movement disorders. And I have moderate ataxia spasm cerebral palsy. Okay, and there's uh, three types of cerebral palsy disorder. Uh, do you know about those? The quadriplegia. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. I'm not a I'm not a expert at this. I just looked all of this up and found out a lot of uh, interesting facts about CP that most people overlook. I was surprised you did. I'm surprised. Geez, I'm surprised. Deep dive that deeply. I do. I have a friend with quadriplegia CP, and I have a friend with um, who can walk in silently but has a heavy, heavy speech impediment due to lack of oxygen in the brain. So when she was born. So it really depends how CP affects the individual. And it really depends from day one if you receive occupational therapy, physical therapy, and speech. So it really depends if you receive the services right from the get-go and how severe your CP was to begin with. Yes, so it affects the people different because... The brain is injured in different ways. There's actually yeah. three types, and then there's three specific brain injury types that are associated with those types. Um, so what what type are you dealing with? I am dealing with the most common, ataxia spastic cerebral palsy. Okay. So what I found out on that, 86% of people affected are among this disorder spastic. Yes. And then there's a group that had 6%, and there's the last one of the less common form, ataxia, which has 5%. I couldn't find out how many people are actually affected with CP. Do you know the stats on that? Uh, the last time I checked, a million babies were born with CP. Wow, that's amazing. And the last time I checked, looking at the stats, and makes me really want to cry, so I don't do it that often, because I tell you why, I didn't realize that CP was not a logical condition until 
the year of 2000, actually the year of 2019, when I lost my father, when I got emotionally and physically abused by my by a family member, and I want to make that clear, that family member is not taking care of me to this day. That family member is completely cut out of my life. She knows what she did. She knows what I did against her. And I do talk to one of the witnesses on the occasion now, but I don't talk to the family member that's physically emotionally and physically emotionally abused me. And the reason why she physically and emotionally abused me is because she came out to my house after my dad died and didn't like the care that I was receiving, didn't like how my stepmom or my aide, all my stepsister was actually caring to me. She thought I was homebound and all this good stuff. So then she took it upon herself to emotionally and physically abuse me. And I thought, well, losing my dad was the toughest day. No, the toughest day was the day after my 33rd birthday. No, my 32nd birthday, sorry, June 23rd, 2019. And the toughest day was after my 32nd birthday. Not only did I lose my dad, and then on top of it, I get emotionally abused and physically abused on birthday weekend. Wow, that's a lot to take in, Lynn. You know, uh, somebody with a condition like yours, you would think that people would be more apt to be less abusive. But we it find happens. That, it happens yeah. all the time. Yeah, we find that that happens all the time. But um, most people are not in the media and don't speak about it. They, you see nursing home abuse happen all the time. You see disabled abuse happen all the time. And, yeah, I I told my fan base what happened. I told everyone what happened. Yeah. Well, the word needs to get out on that for sure. So, you guys do a podcast, you and your assistant, Danielle. Yeah. Yes. How difficult is that with CP, and what type of assistive gear do you guys use to do a podcast? Well, she, number one, she, Danielle, does the scheduling. I do the hosting due to her CP is a lot more severe than mine. She has a heavy, heavy, heavy speech impediment. And so I did once when I collaborated with her on this little project at the time. I thought it was going to be a little fun project at the time. I didn't know it was going to turn into the little green monster that now I can't control. And I teased because I teased because the national color is green, so I call it the little green one so that I can't go. And so I, when I first started this project, I said to Danielle, and she's been my best friend for 20 years plus, and um, 
we met when we were extremely young. We met through an amazing program called Kelmagasson, and you may want to put Kelmagasson.org in the show notes because I know during the time of COVID that Kelmagasson along with other nonprofits are extremely suffering. And so you may just want to sit down with Gallison.org in the show notes. Here I met Carol Gallison, and then here I became lifelong friends. And when I started this project, a lot of people don't know this, but she was in a bad situation in her life that I, um, it's not public knowledge, but I don't, I don't want to get input, but no. But I started this project because I kept getting the text message, I bored, I'm bored, I'm bored. And at the time, he was in Kansas City doing absolutely nothing. And so I said, hey, do you want to start a project? And her being my BFF, so yes, I'll hold my BFF, but project. And I said, well, it's going to be a podcast. I don't know how to do it. Do you want to help me? And of course, her being her and her being my BFF, she goes, yes, I want to support my BFF. And so I said, what do you want to do? Do you want to host the show with me, or do you want to work behind the scenes? She goes, I feel more comfortable with scheduling, and so I let, I trained her how to schedule these systems. I got the Calvary system to lots of money, and she's so good at it that I don't have to worry about scheduling anymore. I just toss it over to her. And she just magically makes the schedule. Yeah, Calendly is one of those tools that every podcaster needs if they yeah. are yeah. doing a host type situation. And I got it. I got it. Just because with CT, um, we are concentrating on CT. We're not concentrating on scheduling podcasts. Necessarily, we're concentrating on that solving over because of CP. Yeah, you want to automate as much as possible. That's for sure. Yeah. So, but what type of process do you use, and how many assistants do you actually need to complete a podcast? I have one main assistant being Danielle, and then I have couple more editing assistants that would like to stay behind the scenes because I admitted the other day on Clubhouse, I was in the middle of talking about podcasting with disability and um, I admitted and my fan base now knows this, um, they I admit I can't edit my podcast to save my life because of my dexterity issues. And people who were more skilled in editing came with my best deal and said, we'll not only help you out, we'll not, we'll talk to you nothing to help you out because they want to help me out so that they good. That is terrific people, that's for sure. You know, we, we as podcasters, we need to start looking out for each other. And when we see somebody promoting good, 
we should do whatever we can to help that person get their message out and lift them up. And yeah, exactly. What I'm, I'm in the process of is we, we need more community-based and it's everybody wants to make a profit and make something off of podcasts because of course it can get expensive but we all have a message and I think that's very important podcasting gives us all this platform and I think yeah. it's a great assistive tool for all of us with yeah, my disability yeah. I can't do what I used to do but I'm finding out podcasting is making me see there might be another way. And I hope others can find this and use podcasting. How how do you use podcasting to affect change in its most effective way? Well, um, because I am so well known now in the podcasting yeah. space, even with my pivot, with my podcast, to a winning cup. I people uh, people logging on to me, they're saying, I love your coach, I love what you're doing and I want to be a part of this movement. I also you can't you teach me a thing or two about disabilities and people have told me in person, I um uh, people have told me in person when you've taught me a lot about disabilities and yes I need twenty four hour care and when my stepmom just met me she um she googled what is sample palsy, what am I dealing with and then um it all symbols there and then she got a real taste of it when my dad died because they don't hand you a handbook on grief let alone raising a disabled child by accident. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So what's the future for WIN in podcasting? Well, the future for WIN in podcasting is to keep up the podcast and to keep keep raising awareness on disabilities on a global level. And then the future... For me personally, is I'm actually moving in the next couple of weeks to a housing community geared towards people with special needs. Yeah, great. So, do you have anticipation of any sort of association or like a podcast association for people with disability to make an impact? Well, during COVID, I was thinking about that. And now that I'm out, and I've always said to people, and people have asked me, where would you move if you had the opportunity to move? And I I thought, well, I'm not about this. I, I thought, because this valley is so small and completely shut down now due to COVID, um, I thought, well, if I ever have the opportunity to move, I would integrate myself into a disabled community. So I kind of manifest my house. But um, after COVID, there is something special coming down the pipe. I'll just put it 
that way. I have to get myself organized in the lab. I have to get myself organized enough to finish my journalism degree slash get myself organized enough in Arizona. And then something special after COVID will be coming once we all get vaccinated and once we all get um, our lives back to semi-novel, something special out of me will be coming. That's, that's always exciting to hear. So I want to get back to your CP just a little bit before we go. When um, What's been the toughest challenges with CP for you? Also, could you relate to us some of the positives that you experience with your CP life? Well, the most positive thing ever I've experienced is I, and I've thought this for many, 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 many years, for those of you who follow me on Instagram know that my latest toy is a power wheelchair, and I've bought it for so many years, but because I'm moving, I was lucky enough to get a power wheelchair bought by my team, and I'll be ever so grateful to that, along with the handicapped accessible van. So yes, when Heather owned Wills at age 33 years old, almost 34 years old, for the first time in my life. So that's a real blessing, and the real blessing is because I'm in the media, I have people caring for me about behind the scenes that I didn't even know about. I have people caring for me, checking in on me, making sure I'm okay, and making sure that everything is going smoothly. I've gotten job opportunities because of my CP. I've got, I've also lost jobs, but the hardest thing to deal with CP is not necessarily, um, dealing with CP itself. It's not on a bad day, when I when I have a South Hampton Hall sitting here today doing this interview, I um, actually am having muscle spasms, and I don't even feel. Primarily when I'm tired, I feel the muscle spasms come on, and so that's, that's it. But the hardest part about having CP is being often with CP. The hardest part about having CP is being often with CP and not having the, and this is going to cry, and so I'm going to try not to cry, um, but the hardest part is losing your parents, losing the one in 2010. I thought that was loved you and supported you and gave you that entrepreneurial spirit because he was an entrepreneur and um, he did professional, my dad did professional sound engineering for John Denver, Neil Diamond, Pink Floyd, Dolly Parton, um, Bob Dylan, just to name a few. And then when he got off the road from that, he started his own home entertainment company. So I grew up, his home entertainment company was only founded 
in 92. I was born in 87. So I grew up with the entrepreneurial spirit in my household. I was lucky enough to have a dad that could take me skiing, that could take me box climbing, and could take me every which way. And then I was, I was lucky enough to have a, um, dad with the entrepreneurial spirit. That's why I, one of the reasons why I left work as early as I was able to, and I'm slowly retiring, retiring from education class, retiring from working all together and just doing something I love, which is journalism. But um, that's another one going to why. And but when I, at the beginning of COVID, I was one of the thousands of Americans that lost their jobs. Now, granted, I also lost my job due to my own disability and me being allowed now and saying, I, um, wait, you guys don't have a plan? You guys don't have a teacher? You guys just lost a teacher via email. And I, um, I did it in such a way that I burn a bridge, but I'm like, they didn't want me anyway. They didn't want the education system as a, as a teacher didn't want me. Well, that's unfortunate, that's for sure. So, what are some fears that you faced with CP that might carry on with you forever? The biggest fear, well, the biggest fear is moving independently. That's going to be my biggest fear, and um, that's going to be one of my biggest fears is I'm just feeling coming to get me in about two weeks, and I I just I know that it will be something. It won't be CP that will take me down. It will be something else that will literally take me down. But I know that I have the. If I can't do it anymore, I can. Um, rely on the smart system that I do um, have and people can call that smart system and say, look, that um, when it's in the hospital, we need help and then they live down there in two seconds left and then down there I'm saying down there two seconds left and they would say, look, what does we need? How can I help? And so my biggest is not dying, it's just moving, and it hasn't been. Uh, my fear is just moving out on my own, but now I know that it's time for me to move out on my own because I um, I saw the violence of walls, and it it wasn't looking good in my favor until until about January when it wasn't looking better in my favor due to a decision that I decided to make. And the day I decided to make that decision and sell my house, um, the two people who were with me, one who knows me pretty well, the other one knows me okay, but he doesn't understand um, the aspects of CP. He understands that when he sells my financially, 
And so the two people that were with me, when they gave me the news, they said we can use the ball money from your family, or ball money from here, or sell the house. And I said, sell the house, which tears my eyes. And they go, what? You want to do what? And move? And then, um, and then the universe opened up and gave me a wonderful blessing of a major, major housing opportunity. So I think that might be just fear is coming to bite me in the next couple of weeks of moving out of a valley that I was born and raised in, but moving out to a bigger and brighter future. Well, when I can tell you're a very adventurous type of soul, and I don't think you have much to fear about anything. Nope. You know, the only thing you have to fear is fear itself. And yep. You you have a bright future. I think what you do in podcasting is great. You inspire me. I know that you've taught me quite a few things without even knowing it. And it's great to know when Charles, that's for sure. So in closing, what is your call to action for people? My call to action for people is, number one, just be inspired for, um, and listen to my podcast. My second call to action is when you when you see a person in a cow wheelchair at the park, or when you see the cow wheelchair at the store, um, I would say, Well, if a person 
holds up next to it the disabled individual slash the individuals who's helping the disabled individual can't get into the van. They literally, literally can't. And no, those signs do not work. Please stay eight feet away from my van. And no, that's why I got a back end free van. So that's, so if that ever happens to me, I have access to my van. Interesting. That's for sure. You know, it's hard enough to live in life being a stable, healthy person. But when you have a disability, it's very tough. And a lot of people with disabilities, they don't like to show that they have disabilities because they are very prideful people about who and what they are. So I agree 100% with that. Just pay attention and be aware there's individuals that might need a little assistance. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. Even if, even if they have the aid or the service dog with them, even if they have assistance, just be kind and help the disabled, please. <laughs> Amen. That's for sure. So, when how can people find you and get people involved can with what you People can go to my website, which is askwin.webelize.com. They can follow a, a winning cup on all audio platforms. I'm all over the place, including the Amazon smart speakers, including um, the Google smart speakers. You guys can follow my adventure. You can also follow me on Instagram at Askwin622 or the artwork of dog or just follow me everywhere and yeah, just follow me and figure out what I'm up to and we'll try and get you on the show. I'm always looking for guests and add, um, and with features get on Askwin and so maybe you want to stick that in the show notes to have, you know, kind of know um, all about you from my perspective and then I also for those of you that have a podcast I'm also willing to do um, podcast swaps and I'm also willing to come on as a guest host so that your families can learn more about you from a possibly different perspective yeah that's awesome and yes I was on that when podcast. It was a fabulous opportunity. I enjoyed myself very much, and I will stick a link to that in the show notes here. When I want to say thank you very much for coming on the Dead America podcast and sharing your story. You are, certainly you are certainly welcome. Any time I can raise awareness, it puts a smile on my face, and any time I can help make the disabled just a little bit lighter, and my job is done. Thank you for listening in to the podcast episode today. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend. Also, please follow us on any of your podcast players, or 
If you'd like to get a little more personal with us and really identify what we truly are about and get involved with what we are doing, make sure you go over to the Google Play Store and download our new app. We can't wait to get involved with you. And that's going to finish up this episode of the Dead America podcast. Make sure you come back next week and follow along for another great interview. I'm Ed Waters, out. Thank you.